thank each and every one of you for supporting Benevolence Podcast. I pray that as you tune in every week, you are empowered, blessed, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. You are listening to Episode 4, Resilience Through Life's Lemons. And on this episode of Benevolence, I have a very special guest who will be joining me at the table. Our special guest is one of the kindest and most gracious people that I know. I've known her for quite some time, and she has exemplified such resilience and grace in everything that she does. She is a wonderful wife and mother and comes from a wonderful family, and I'm so excited to have her join me at the table today. So without further ado, I have Nanette Mejia joining me at the table. This conversation was recorded digitally due to our season of social distancing. So make sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing episode from the lovely Nanette Mejia. Enjoy. Well, Nanette, thank you so much for being part of Benevolence Podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So um, I just want to get right into it. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get familiar with um, who you are and where you're from and all of that. So my name is Nanette. Um, I was born in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, my dad, he, he's a pastor. He was like a superintendent for Assemblies of God. So, you know, we grew up in Puerto Rico and um, we were there for uh, 10 years before we moved to Florida. And um, yeah, we had, um, we lived in like several houses and we had like, you know, we had a lot of time to play outside and um, I had a fun childhood outside and yeah, those are my, most of my memories, especially with my grandparents always being in their house and them coming to get us and going to the post office, my grandpa, like we did that stuff on the weekends, going to the mall, being there all day with my grandma watching novelas at night. Oh, that's awesome. To say that. <laughs> but we did. Um, yeah, so always outside. I never wore shoes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, like I, I, how do you say, like, I, my girls do that now. They hate wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, they have a little part of me. But, yeah, always outside. And we used to play in the rain, like, all those thunderstorms in Puerto Rico. So that's mm-hmm. my memories there, yeah. That's beautiful. Then, yeah. Then we moved to Florida, and then we began another journey here. Yeah. And how was that? Like, how was that experience moving from Puerto Rico to, to Orlando? Looking back, it was, I would say, like, it was, it was kind of, I don't want to say traumatic, but it was a lot, like, for me, like, going to a new school, and, you know, the system was different, I don't even, I barely passed fifth grade, I think, I was doing really bad, I couldn't get used to my teacher, and it was just the different, you know, it was a different system, I didn't have any friends, I had one friend, and we would meet up in the library and read books and stuff. That's how we bonded. So I mm-hmm. started reading books because I was just afraid of being with other kids, you know? Yeah. I'm a bookworm now, but I remember, you know, that's just that awkward, like, waiting for class to start would just kill me. So I would just rather be looking for a book, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was, um, yeah, it was a transition. Like, you know, I think, I think everybody goes to, I think life is full of transitions. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of, finding the positive so my positive was like okay I'm just gonna read and hopefully you know I find another friend or if not like I'll have my one friend and then we'll just you know hang out but um yeah and then being in church every Mm -hmm. Sunday like that so covering the pastor's kid you know that hat um was it hard with seeing your parents like um, just take on that re- big responsibility? Um, I think when I was little, it wasn't, you know, as hard because I just, we just went to kids church and then, you know, we hung out with our friends after church. I think when you, when I got older and like as a teenager, I felt, I felt like pressured to be perfect. Not, I don't think anybody, maybe, I don't want to say like anybody put that pressure on me, but it was just, you know, like you were aware that people were looking at you and watching you. Mm-hmm. and I think um you know like people wouldn't really I put a like a a front almost just so that you know everybody was like oh they didn't I don't want I didn't want to be the topic of conversation yeah you know? 
So it was just easier to just blend in, not say anything, you know, if you aren't comfortable with the pressure, like, you know, people are looking at you or like some, 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 I remember one time, like, you know, ushers would be like really mean to us. And then like, I would tell my dad and then, you know, they'd be like, oh, that's where those kids you have come in, you know, and just be like, you're such a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Um, you know, like when you're like 13, 14, you're just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go to church on Sunday. You know, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to do it. Like deal with it. Yeah. So there, there were definitely those moments. But um, when I was a kid, I just, you know, remember my dad preaching and, you know, sometimes we would get like little gifts from like the churches or whatever. I just remember those moments. But when we got to Florida, I think it was just, they were just trying to, you know, make our transition easier. Mm-hmm. so we were just yeah we had like a routine like it was like we knew we were going on Wednesday nights we knew we were going on Sundays you know yeah and um yeah but um as you got older as I got older it didn't get worse it's just you just stopped caring a little bit you know okay yeah yeah I can relate to that um I guess I I came to Orlando at 17 and I came <laughs> with the mentality that I'm going to rebel because I was, I, it was just, I did not want to come over here. <laughs> and like, I think when my parents, they were ministers in Miami. So I had like, similar to you, like I had eyes on me that whole time. Yeah. And I think when we finally broke out, I was like, forget this. Like, I don't care what people think about me. And yeah, yeah. yeah it was, crazy transition (laughs) wasn't even an option it was just more like just be quiet and get through it and one day like they won't be here a or like you know I won't be in this situation yeah exactly keep it moving and almost like I didn't care yeah so let's talk about um relationships so we're transitioning transitioning over to you know you meeting your husband and um how how was that you know how was meeting Sammy and um just knowing that you know getting into a relationship knowing he wanted to pursue basketball and all of that so how were you able to transition and you know continue your goals and dreams while having to adapt to that lifestyle um so I met Sammy I knew who he was I can't remember when the first time like the first time I met him um, I just knew him, like, he was there, like, you knew him. Yeah. Pastor Gary's brother, like, you knew the 10 of them, or the, well, however many there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there was, like, I don't even know, like, um, we just found ourselves talking, and I remember, I think Petri and my mom, like, they, they made this plan to, like, they knew that I liked him, but I didn't even know that I liked him, so I'm like, how did y'all know, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he has a great personality he's cute and I thought I think they they probably noticed that so one New Year's Eve like 2005 or something he told Petri took for that so that I could call him like for New Year's Eve or something like that mm-hmm. and that's how we started talking <laughs> <laughs> and so it was so yeah so innocent and I I was just like oh okay we're just talking and then you know his family was always with my family so we were always mm-hmm in the same space but I never I didn't think he noticed me so I didn't even try to like be you know like to be you know how do you say like for him to look at me because I was just yeah. like, not looking at me, like no so but yeah I don't know how that came about honestly. <laughs> like, sometimes I'm like how are we together I don't know <laughs> happened. that's so funny so now when you were talking and date and you began to date he was was he in like was he pursuing basketball yeah he was um he was in college and he you know he it was like his goal to like make it to the pros or whatever so I knew that that was that was his goal and and so that you know that was it so it was all about trying to make it there and Mm -hmm. so he finally he made it he was drafted in um 2000 2007 and so when he went to Greece, he was drafted. No, first he went to Italy. That was, I think, 
January 2008. And then he was going to Greece in the fall of 2008. And so I was like, I want to go with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so then the only reason, the only way I could go with him was if we were married. So I was like, okay, well, let's get married. Like, you know, we've been together for a while. So um, I asked my dad and how was he was like, okay, I got to talk to him. And so they spoke. And obviously, like, he asked for my hand or whatever. And mm-hmm. and so we got married and we started this crazy journey. Yes. And I think that's, like, why I wanted, I wanted you to, like, join me on this episode. Because, like, I've, I've seen from the outside in, you know, I, I saw the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, from the outside, because I came in 2005 and... I've seen all of that. I've been to your lovely wedding and all of that. See your kids grow and you have your, your, your daughters and you move right after, you know, so I kind of wanted you to just share that, you know, and uh, although Sammy, you know, he's doing his thing. This is, this episode is more about you and how you were able to transition. How were you able to, you know, adapt to a different lifestyle so young and right, right after you got married, you know what I mean? So how, how did you adjust to all of that? So Greece was an interesting year because this is just when the economy was crashing. Oh my goodness. So that was, that was one aspect. So we get to Greece and I'm so homesick because I've never been away from my parents. Um, I would cry all day, all day. Like every day I was sobbing. I miss my family. I wanted to be with them. And it was exciting because I'm like, okay, we're married. We're in Europe. Like, this is fun. So some days it was fun. And then other days I'm just like, I don't want to be here. I don't. I want to be with my parents, you know? So I just remember days when I was just sobbing, like just sobbing. Um, I wasn't, you know, like being out of my comfort zone. I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. So that was a transition. And like just being by myself in a different country. Like, I don't know how I did it yeah like I took I would take the bus to the center of the city and you know explore by myself so that was times like that were exciting I got yelled at by a bus driver one time oh my god and I I still don't know what he said but I was so embarrassed and I was like I'm never taking the bus again (laughs) and I was just basically alone like Sammy was he was gone um and I was just alone like in my apartment so it was just about, you know, trying to navigate that, like, you know, being alone in a foreign country. Um, there's a lot of lows, but I think me and Sammy got a chance to, like, really know each other. Because obviously, like, most Christian marriages, you don't live together. You don't, you know, this is about learning how to live with another person and how to, you know, like, what that entails. And mm-hmm. it was just a learning, a learning year. And then towards the end of the year, the the economy was crashing. Sammy's team was doing really bad. There was a lot of riots that first year. Um, you know, people were getting desperate. And so we, we did not get paid like two to three months wow. uh, that next year. Like nobody really knows that. They're like, oh yeah, no, no, you're living in ground. There's like, like, no, mm-hmm. there's been several years where they were just like, no, I'm not going to pay you. They're in financial distress. They're not going to pay their players. And so you just got to deal with that. So that, that year was really tough. So we went home that summer. And we were like, we don't know what we're doing. And we didn't get paid for these three months. Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking for another job. And it was really hard um, waiting for that next job because you're always just waiting for that op- next offer. So finally, after that year, um, we went, the, he got signed in France. And, like, we finally had some stability, okay. which was awesome. How were you able to manage your faith? entering into like a season of uncertainty because you know I mean I'm, I'm sure it was hard for you to go to church when that was something you were used to doing in Florida you know how how were you able to manage that overseas we watched a lot of live streams at like three o'clock in the morning well especially me because I was home alone mm-hmm. and he was um he was gone I just remember him being gone I'm like when did he I was just basically alone that first. Oh my God. I know. So um, I watched a lot of live stream at like three in the morning. Um, you know, you have like your own devotional time that you have to prioritize, especially you know, since you're not going to church at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just did, we just did a lot of that. 
and then as technology progressed then you know like especially now we listen to podcasts and you know whatever you have access to all the music on your phone mm-hmm. and it was just um yeah doing that and then having your own time um which you know you kind of have to do to keep sane especially in those years where you didn't know like you know you didn't know what was going to happen in three months you didn't know where you were going to be in six months mm-hmm. so you just kind of put your you know you gotta just say okay like uh, our life our you know our career is in your hands and wherever you go we will go you know wherever you send us we will go so we got to france we were we after greece we signed in france for two years and that was like the kind of like the breath like we took a breath that year okay we won the championship we were more comfortable with each other um like as a couple we grew a little bit I think being away from your family I think that's one thing that we decided like that was actually a great learning tool you know because Mm -hmm. you need to make decisions for yourself and you need to find your own way like your own thoughts your own you know have your own experiences and not have anyone like um you know, like being there, you know, as a, as a woman, as a grown person, it's, it's like, I feel it's important for you. But I feel like that's how we were navigating. Um, yeah, that year and just prioritizing our marriage, prioritizing our friendship, first of all, you know, like, yeah, how are we as people? And how can we, you know, be better at this? Like, it was just about getting better as, as a couple. So I feel like those years were you know, like our foundation years where we absolutely a lot of those moments. Yeah. That's good. So moving overseas, what countries did you live in? We lived in Greece, then we lived in France for two years, then we lived in Russia. Then we lived in Turkey. Wow. Jeez Louise. <laughs> now when you were young, did you ever think you would be traveling all over <laughs> the world practically not all but you know going back to what you said I didn't really have any dreams like I just um I didn't I didn't see myself going on adventures like I feel like my you know my my imagination was so small like my you know like you didn't feel I didn't feel like I could go on adventures or like I didn't feel like that was an option for me so yeah so when I got married, I was like, okay, like this is going to be a life. And if it, it is, then okay. But it, it turned out to be like this crazy adventure where we would travel to so many places, see so many things. And I never dreamed ever that I would be able to see the things that I've seen, you know? Wow, that's beautiful. So beautiful. So, what was your favorite country to live in? My favorite country to live in was France because it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. and I loved I don't know I loved our years in France it was so simple like our life was simple I would go get bread and you know we would have a croissant and then <laughs> you know like our family grew in France we had Sienna which just holds a lot of memories and that's the year we decided like like let's have fun like in Greece it was a, it was very dark and you know like the economy was bad like everybody was just it was just a lot of darkness so I feel like in France it, it was it was better we were happier mm-hmm. I was a bit more you know free like I was like let's just have fun and not cry every day I would still cry but not as much yeah so, you know I made a friend there and and so we just I felt mentally we were better in, in France and then we decided to start a family so we was just preparing for that and then you know Sienna came and like everything changed wow of course children change Children change everything, <laughs> especially in a, in a foreign country, you know? I gave birth in a foreign country. I never thought I would do that. My goodness. That was an experience in and of itself. Um, yeah, those memories, I'll never forget them ever, you know? Yeah, for sure. So where, well, you're back in the States now due to, you know, this unfortunate circumstance of coronavirus you know but uh where did you live and what makes that what does what makes that country so unique um I don't know that turkey is just special you know the Mm -hmm. people are special the food is amazing I just feel like we went into turkey with complete you know open eyes open hearts 
Mm-hmm. And so we just fell in love with it. You know, the people that we met there are so kind, the kindest people, the most giving people, like the players and the coaches that we met on both teams. It's just, um, they just welcome you. And so we felt, we felt so at home. And I think that's why it's been, it was home for those almost eight years. Wow. It was just, it was just different. You know, we came, uh, there's a, a lot of cultural differences. And I feel like for us, they were positive for us, you know, it was okay. Muslim country, but we were like, you know, we had no miss, you know, pre preconceived notions of like what Muslims are and mm-hmm. how they are, but no, they loved us and they welcomed us and they treated us like family. And so then we were like, you know, we, cause most, most Americans, I feel like they go into countries and they try to make it America. Yeah. And they're being so unhappy. Mm-hmm. We decided we're going to accept what the country is and like what it has to offer. And you just live in their terms, you know, like mm-hmm. you fell in love with the food, you fell in love with the people and then you live, you're just happier. Like, cause if I keep trying to change my environment, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be happy. If I accept my environment, then, you know, that's how we were able to live in peace for those eight years. You know, obviously yeah. they went through, you know, a lot of terrorist attacks and we were there and there was some times where I'm like, why are we here? You know, like, but, um, no, we were, as a, as a family, we're together and yeah, that's why, you know, we love it so much. The people there are just amazing and mm-hmm. um, we just fell in love with them. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. I like, I like what you said about, you know, Americans trying to go and change it, you know, to Americanize it. And, you know, I've never been out of the country, so Hopefully in the future, after this whole mess that we're in, um, you know, I can go. But it's true. I just talked to one of my friends yesterday, and she just came back from Panama um, in South South America for because of this emergency. And she was just saying, she's like, like I'm heartbroken that I'm leaving. You know, she's like, the people there. I just fell in love with the people, and 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 you know, sometimes. Like Americans were so close-minded, you know, and and we're not accepting. But she's like, I I truly loved where where I lived and where I served because she was part of the Peace Corps. So it was just she's telling me this, and I'm like, I need to hurry up and get out of here. You know what I mean? And to visit places, you know. Yeah. But it was so nice what you said. It's a learning. It's a big lesson. I feel like especially for Americans who feel that America is the greatest country in the world. And okay, for us, like yes, whatever, you know. But it's just about finding, um, finding beauty in other countries, finding, um, you know, the heart of the country are usually in its people. So mm-hmm. when you are willing to accept people for who they are and like, you know, not try to change them. And that's why I feel like, you know, our family is so kind of beloved because we never went there and, you know, ask, like, where's the Hard Rock Cafe? No, like, we're going to eat rice and we're going to have kebabs. And that's what we're going to eat because that's what they eat there. Exactly. And, you know, and if you want to eat something else, then okay. But I feel like we're always trying to, you know, change, change everyone. And so when you go to new places and just accept and just kind of ask yourself, like, what can I learn from here? What, or, you know, what can I learn from these people? What can I learn from this country? What can I take, you know, what can I take from my experience here? It it's so much more positive and you just, you know, you just feel, yeah, you feel, they make you feel at home. And so it feels like home. It was my home. Like it felt like my home when I was not there. I was like, I could go back because that's where I live, you know? Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So, you know, Turkey, and I, and I know you mentioned the whole, you know, that they're primarily a Muslim religion. And so how, like, how is that different? How, you know, did you wake up every morning and hear a prayer outside, you know, or did you just, yeah? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> the first, the first uh, city we went to, it was very small. And so, yeah, we heard it every morning at six in the morning and you, after a while, you just kind of stopped hearing it. Oh my goodness. I'm just guessing. Like, I'm like, oh. How it is. Um, like we were, our apartment was really close to a mosque. And so every time somebody came, we were like, okay, you're going to wake up at six in the morning. You're going to hear a guy talking like singing praying and singing and it's normal and just go back to sleep like it's totally fine (laughs) so um yeah you know it was it was like it's we just sorry my phone fell you're fine you're good 
um it was it was our environment so we just accepted it and we you know we closed the windows when we didn't want to hear it and the, you know we just accepted that that's what that's what it was I never I never went there with that like you know ew, like I hate this you know? yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's what it is and um yeah it's part of the experience yeah for sure and your daughters when they well, I mean you know I mean they if they were born into that that's the norm for them right? Yeah, it is. So Sienna, we, she, we came to Turkey when she was one and Penny, she came when she was two months. So I were literally raised there and it was just normal. It's normal. Um, yeah, it's just a part of their daily life. And so on Fridays they go to the mosque and yeah, that's what it is. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, how are you able to stay connected with people throughout your time in Europe? So like, you know, do you have support groups? Are you part of like a Facebook group or um, are you friends with, you know, the other basketball wives, you know, so how are you able to connect with people? Um, there's literally a, a Facebook group, <laughs> like <laughs> the Love and Basketball Facebook group. Oh, wow. The movie. Um, yeah, and it's literally just, you're a bunch of women just sharing their experiences, asking how, you know, I'm going to this team. What did you, what was your experience? How can, how can you help me in my experience there in the coming year? Um, so that was really helpful. There's a lot of women, um, that came before me to Europe that have a lot of information. Um, and then as you, you know, as Sammy's career progressed, we got 12 years of information. So there's literally that. And then in Turkey, there's a lot of foreigners in Turkey. So, you know, we, I found a group of women, like foreign women who were in my city and we just connected and we made friends and that's how, you know, I was able to live there for so long because we were, you know, we made friends and it was like, they became my family. And so our kids would play together and we would play together and we would say, Oh God, you know, I kind of want to go home. And then sometimes when we go home, we're like, you know, we could go back to Turkey, like talk about, you know, it's just, it's so normal. Like your emotions go up and down and to have somebody to share that and experience it with you was so important. I think you know, every day sharing your experiences and, you know, asking for advice. And there's people that have been in Turkey for years, Americans, uh, Germans, uh, you know, Italians, French people, like everyone has been in Turkey and yeah, you just find yourselves. And as mothers, as wives, you, you need, you need that group. Like you need the women, even me, I'm an introvert and I'm like, I don't really need people, but no, you do like you, there's going to be times when they're going to be like your family, like your only hope. And you know, when you're feeling down, you get together and then, you know, you, yeah, you become a family and that's what, that's what I had there. Wow. That's good. That's good to know. Did you now coming into it, like, um, just recently married, moved over to Greece, you know, with your husband first year, did you know about all of that? Did you get connected? How did you, how were you able to find all of that? Or were you just alone? Um, I feel like in Greece, I was alone. It was me and another girl. Um, we were really young. So there was not a lot of married people. We're all they're always the only ones married and the only ones with kids. I feel like in a lot of those years. Um, but yeah, you find, you find somebody who knows somebody and you kind of network like that. Like when there's, um, you know, like a bunch of uh, Americans who see each other, you're like, oh my God, you know, do you know the, the best place to eat? And you're like, yeah, go here, blah, blah, blah. They have great chicken wings or whatever it is, you know, and then you just meet people like that and then you connect and then you, you, you friend each other on Facebook. And then that's how, that's literally how I started like with Facebook and, and emailing and yeah, that's it. And then you kind of find a bunch of other people. And that's how I found this group. And it's like thousands of women in Europe. It's crazy. Wow, that's so good to know. So good. So raising a family overseas, um, first off, did you ever imagine raising children in Europe? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's different. Um, I feel like, well, yeah, they were raised in Turkey and it's just, it's just different. Like they're so, people there are so, they love kids. They're obsessed with children in Turkey. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the girls were just doted on like they loved their curly hair and you know they they knew we were not from there so they were just like they want to get to know you they want you know where are you from like your hair is so curly like things like that yeah um, you know the way they raise kids there their kids are so free and they everything is 
is for the kids. Like when you go out to a restaurant, any, any restaurant that you go to has a play area for kids. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a family, it's a family country. I feel like we were, we never felt uncomfortable, you know, being with our kids, taking our kids out to eat. Um, you know, they're, they're four children there. So I feel like it was the kind of the best place to raise my kids because, um, you know, they allow, they allow the kids to be free and, you know, be loud and crazy. And, you know, that's how, that's how they're, yeah, that's how it is there. Okay. The girls got used to that. Okay. Did you face like, I just, I always ask, like, did you face any sort of racism? you know, because a lot of people, they look at America differently. They look at Americans differently. I know that um, um, I spoke to yesterday. She, she was seen differently. So I don't know if you, I think it depends. I feel like, I feel like we, which we will have to get used to, you know, when Sammy retires, they, you kind of, you, they get treated, you get treated a lot better than let's say some random American who comes to Turkey because, you know, my Sammy played basketball and he was very popular. And so they kind of treat you, they treat you well. Okay. There's some, you know, some, someone made a comment one time that I'll never forget. I'm like, oh, Sienna's, um, her skin color is, is so, you know, I'm, thank God that she didn't get, you know, her, your husband's skin color. Someone mm-hmm. told me that one time. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Okay. You know, like they just, um, they can't believe that someone's so dark, you know, like it's like some people have never seen a black man before or, mm-hmm a super dark skinned man so things like that they stare a lot yeah it's different like I remember one time walking these uh a Sammy one of Sammy's teammates or somebody he had dreads and he was walking down the street and it was like oh my god what is happening you know like people were shocked wow walking down the street but um yeah you know it's like they they have never left their town like people have never some people have never left their town so you kind of have to give people grace you know a little bit mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how we, we're not, I'm, I'm, I'm super chill. Like there's a lot of people that get really upset, you know, especially with their kids and they're staring and why are they staring? And I'm like, girl, cause they've never seen anybody like you, you know? Uh-huh. So we're super chill about that. So, you know, it was just, that's how they are. And you know, you're just like, hi, I, I speak, I'm a person. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to know. That's so good. Yeah. So my next question is, um, how did you establish biblical foundations in your household living in a country that is predominantly of a Muslim religion? Well, you, you start at home, you know, there's going to come a time, especially as the kids get older, where they're going to ask questions and you're going to ask you what you believe and you have to tell them what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we did. And, you know, we have our Bibles and they have their kids' Bibles and whenever they have a question, you just, you know, that this is what we believe. They believe in Allah. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus, um, you know, and have your time to answer those questions and have your own like devotional time with the kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, and have your prayer time, you know, before they go to bed and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. Just start, start those habits because, you know, they know that they pray five times a day to Allah Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you kind of, I tried me, I tried to find more in common than, than being like, no, they're wrong. They're, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah, that's good. We pray. And so do they. It's just different. You know, mm-hmm. I never tried to make it seem like what they were doing was wrong. Like mm-hmm. they believe what they believe and we believe what we believe. And, you know, that's it. I never... I never tried to make it a negative thing, mm-hmm. you know, this is just me. No, yeah. I just wanted, you know, like I never wanted to be seen as, oh, you know, those people, they don't, they don't believe what we believe in. We're not going to speak to them. No, I'm like, we live here. We, we're, we're brothers. Like, mm-hmm. so that's my, that was my approach. Yeah. That. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, this is, it's just refreshing to hear, you know, cause yeah. I've never been overseas. I don't know what it's like. And, you yeah. know, and you giving me this, this insight, you know, of how it is and, and it, it ain't, I don't know, just the way that you took these steps to raise a family overseas. It just, it just makes it more graceful. And, you know, for those that are thinking about doing that in the future, they can, 
obviously lead by your example. So it's definitely, you just learn and, you know, you make mistakes, especially as a young parent and you just got to forgive yourself and then start over the next day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really all you can do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So moving on, um, I wanted to debunk some common misconceptions because <laughs> yeah. you know I'm sure you've had eyes on you since you were a kid you know and um, there's still eyes on you now you know um, as you come back and as you yeah you know start living your life in the states and and if you have to go back or Sammy has to go back there's just things that I'm sure people want to know and want to hear from you directly so um, we have four common misconceptions so the first one is that life, your lifestyle, you know, the lifestyle of a of a basketball player's wife. <laughs> I didn't want to say like I hate that. It's so I hate cringe. it. Yeah. Cringe, cringe, cringe. There, it's cringe. Like I'm, I was writing the notes, and I'm like, I do not want to say basketball wife. I oh, just yeah. don't want to go there because I've seen the show, and I just. Oh, I can't I can't get myself to watch it it makes me want to crawl out of my skin yes it's it's too much it really is um but the first one is um that the lifestyle is glamorous um that's gonna be a no <laughs> um I think I think if you get a decent apartment in Europe you're winning like decent the water's running there's heat you know, like mm -hmm. you're winning because most experiences are either really bad or bad. So I feel like we got lucky because one time we had an apartment and we were like, I feel like the walls that were just covered in water. Why? I don't know. Like there was leaks. Like there, we were just looking like there's a hole right there. Why? You know, <laughs> so stuff like that. I just remember you just gotta laugh and like, this is where we live. Like, um, I remember, and even, you know, the situation is different. It's not glamorous at all. Like in Greece that one time they didn't pay. One time we came back from Christmas break, they didn't pay our heating. So our apartment was freezing. Oh my god we came back to a freezing apartment and we had to sleep in our like our coats because yeah. they were like, we're going to find through financial troubles and we're not going to pay your heat mm -hmm. it's just hilarious so yeah that's not true at all i mean I, I don't know about like the mba is a whole other thing europe yeah you know if you have a decent apartment you're good like you're winning but other than that i wouldn't say it's glamorous at all okay yeah. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So basically the next one is the job playing basketball is easy. They just play and they go back home. Oh, I love that. Um, because it's not, it's so, people are so like, we talk about it all the time. Like they're so ready to chew you up and spit you out. Mm -hmm. You know, like you see somebody play for 40 minutes and you're like, you know, like, you suck or blah, 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 or, you know, you're terrible at your job. Like I can't find any other career where somebody just talks so much, you know, so badly about you, like to your face, to your Twitter, like you're horrible. Why are you playing? I can't believe you're, you know, I've never, you wouldn't do that to any other person in any other field. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy. It's not easy for us. It's not easy for, for them. Like as the players, you know, mentally it's, it's a lot for them mentally and physically, you know, there's some coaches, some experiences that Sammy's had that his friends have had of you're doing two a days, you're practicing for two, three hours, twice a day, you know, you get home barely, you eat, you take a nap because you're exhausted, you know, so one time, I told you when I was pregnant um, in France, like me and Sammy saw each other for like four hours a day because he, like I would, I was like when I was pregnant, I wasn't sleeping at night. So then when he would wake up, I would go to bed okay. and then I would wake up and then he would take a nap and then we would meet each other in the evening. <laughs> like, Oh wow. He was so exhausted mm -hmm. and I wasn't sleeping at night. So there was just those moments where they're just dead, like, and you're alone. So going back to, Oh yeah, life is glamorous. Like, no, you're alone a lot mm -hmm. at home, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's really hard, especially when you, you know, you use your body, your body is your job. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be disciplined. And especially for me, like, you know, being a spectator, but being a wife, 
you hear them making these comments and you're just, you're like, dude, I'm sitting right here. Like I, I can understand what you're saying. And they're speaking crap about your husband or they're, you know, about the coach or whatever. You start getting really defensive about them because it's, it's really hard what they do. Like what they, they have to learn plays. They have to, they have to know when he comes here, you go here. And then there's like a whole thing they have to memorize. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't be able to do it. So, um, yeah, they, the job is hard. And as a, as a wife, it's, it's really, really, really hard, especially when they're not happy. Mm-hmm. You're not happy. Like if this situation is bad, then we're not happy in Moscow. Sammy wasn't happy. So that was the worst year ever because, you know, he would try not to bring his work home, but you know, he wasn't happy. So, you know, the, I cried a lot in Moscow too, because we're like, why are we, why are we here? You know, you know, and I was alone with a kid. So I was alone a lot. And then he wasn't happy. It wasn't a good year. So it's more, it's a lot of, I wouldn't say lows, but it's a lot of, you know, mundane, a lot of lows. And if you get those highs, they're, they're great highs and, you know, you're happy for them. But um, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Well, thank you for letting us know because, you know, from the outside looking in, we're like, oh, you know, well, yeah, he's back home. You know? No, no, it's it's really hard. I mean, every job is hard. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, yeah, everybody's really quick to have their opinions and, mm-hmm. oh no, you guys are living the life. I'm like, okay, but um, we see each other. You know, sometimes he's gone for a week. Sometimes he was gone for ten days. Like, wow, you gotta adjust to that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, the next one is. Adapting to the culture and language is a piece of cake. <laughs> I got this online. I didn't write this. <laughs> no, um, adapting to the culture. Um, I feel like Greece, I was pretty fluent in Greek. I'm not even going to lie. Like when, when I would go shopping, like I would, I would try to adapt. Like I feel like there's more European countries are, they're easier to, to adapt to. Like Greece, I was pretty good at, mm-hmm. um, at adapting and I just literally ate like a hundred gyros that year. That's what I did. Um, but yeah, the culture, culturally, they were, they were similar to, to us, I feel like. And mm-hmm. drank a lot of coffee and um, the cigarette smoking killed me. But other than that, like we would go to a restaurant and we would come back home and be like, we literally smell. Like you saw the smoke of cigarettes. So that in Europe is just like normal. So even now I'm like, I don't even... I don't flinch when there's a cigarette, which is so bad because I got so used to it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but, but France, I felt like they're just, their pace of life is so different. So you kind of had to like adjust because we're always trying to be quick in America, especially they're like, no, we, this is how we live. And we are going to take a holiday today and the next week. And there, I felt like there was always a holiday and everybody was just so chill. And, you know, we got used to that. Moscow, I would never, I never got used to it. I didn't even try. That was, that was a tough year for me personally. Yeah. Um, I just had a baby and I feel like I, I was blue a little bit and yeah, I, that year was, was tough, but um, yeah, Turkey, we fully adjusted and we learned the language. <laughs> so we were, yeah, that was, that's the easiest yeah, country we've been in. Cause we had time to like adjust. I feel like most countries, people don't want to adapt because they're like, I'm going to be here in a year. So I, I don't even, I don't even want to adjust because I'm going to leave. Yeah. But we were lucky that we had stability. And so, yeah, we just went in and learned the language and adapted to the culture. That's good. Thank you. And our final myth um, is everything is a vacation. So if you could just explain, well, well, how I want to explain is that, you know, what we see is that you're in Europe and, you know, every weekend you, you know, we, we assume that every weekend you're traveling here, there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you could just tell um, us. What you think. Well, there were times when we were like, let's just go, you know, especially when Sammy had a couple of days off and you're in Europe. The good thing about Europe is that you're literally two hours away from a whole different country. Wow. So, it's so awesome. So if you have a weekend, a long weekend, um, and the flights are cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just go. We will, we will, when will we ever have this time or this experience? So um, there was a couple of times where I'm like, we traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. But, um, mostly every day, you know, it's not a vacation. It's your home. And 
your home and you're cooking and you're cleaning and then you had kids. So then you're home and you're cooking and you're cleaning and you're taking care of a kid. And, um, you know, Sammy's very disciplined. So he likes fresh vegetables and, you know, you, I like cooking. I don't complain, but, um, so that's what I have to do. So that's, I cook and clean and yeah. And then they go to school. So then you, you wake up and then you got to take them to school and then you come back and you cook and clean and then you pick them up and you do the same thing. And it's, you got to do homework. So it becomes a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's definitely not a vacation, but I feel like we were privileged enough to have those moments where we, we took advantage as a family and we explored and yeah, I, those memories I'll cherish forever because we, yeah, we were, we were like, let's just go here. We'll never have this time again. So let's go. And then we found another country that we wanted to go to. So we, we've been lucky enough to, um, yeah, visit a lot of places. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like we're stuck, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, we're, we've been stuck in this house and it's honestly, it's not, as glamorous so those times where we could have a little adventure we we go for it for sure okay that's awesome thank you so finalizing our episode um let's see uh what word of encouragement would you give to women about you know faith in times of uncertainty or when life takes a different turn um when life takes a different turn you just have to have faith like there are those times when Sammy didn't have a job and you know we weren't getting paid those were hard times when we were just like we you know God we 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 know that you have a purpose for us and we know that this is where you'll you know this is the this is where you have us right now so you're gonna provide you know and he would and you know those that one summer that we were we were like okay we had a bad year Mm -hmm. um nobody's signing right now because the economy was really bad and so we waited and he didn't get signed until September and that's when we went to France and that was maybe the best year for our marriage mm-hmm. and you know for our family we decided and we we're so comfortable that we decided to start a family so I just feel like you always have to just have faith and you know um, understand that the there are going to be times where you're you know you're not what you had in mind is not going to happen and what, um, you know, what life decides to throw at you, you just have to keep going and keep moving and, um, yeah, and do it all over again, adapt and, you know, live. And then if another curveball comes, then you adapt and then Mm -hmm. you, you literally do that. Um, yeah, that's it. Because if not, um, then it's like, you, you know, you become bitter and then you become, you know, you don't, you don't grow. And it's the whole point of life is just to grow and keep getting better. And, and so those moments are bad in the moment, but, um, you know, when you look back, you're like, that was a growing year. We grew so much, you know, in our faith and as a, as a couple in our marriage, as a parent, Mm -hmm. there's years when you're like, those were some growing pains, but I'm a better parent now. I'm a better communicator now because of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to just be positive. And I'm not the most positive person, but mm-hmm. you just have to have a little positivity. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And my final questions, and that'll, and then we'll end this. What were some things that you learned about yourself since this whole time you've been overseas? I learned about myself was that um I I'm resilient like I can you can take me anywhere and I will make it a home mm-hmm. and I will you know take my lemons and make lemonade with it you know there yeah. are times when um you know you didn't have you know food for example or church for example and you just got to make do with what you have and I feel like it's taught me um those experiences have taught me that I am capable. I am able to do what I have to do when I have to. Mm-hmm. So those times when I was alone with my kids and Sammy was gone, you know, I just had to keep going. Like, I'm not going to have a breakdown now. I can have it later. But for, you know, to be there for my kids, to be sane, I'm going to be strong, you know. Mm-hmm. And in those times where, um, you know, Sammy didn't know where his next move was, you just have to be the the pillar of faith for your family you know even for him like or he for me you just kind of bounce back because there's you're not always going to be 
you know, that perfect, like, oh, everything's going to be okay. No, like there's going to be times where I'm down and he's up and then he's down and I'm up and we kind of have to um, yeah, like bounce back. So I know that in any situation that we can do it, like we can do anything we have to do together. Like as a team, we got this, like we're the best team. Our kids have are they youth we literally put them in a in a school where nobody spoke their language and they thrived wow and it's yeah it's awesome like we can uh, you know we can do anything if we you know we put up first and you know we have each other and that's it and so as a family unit I feel like these these last I don't know 12 years have been um, an education for us like we we grew you know we just need each other and that's it and God and that's it. And um, yeah, everything else is noise. You know, when mm-hmm. it's just us, we can do we can do anything. Amen. That's good. You go, girl. <laughs> it's been a learning process, but finally, you know, we came to that. Yes, absolutely. Well, Nanette, I just want to thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, so you're such like an inspiration to me. You've always been. You know, from afar, from, you know, I I read your blog, I look at your stuff, you know, just to keep tabs on your life and in your family. And you are a blessing to me regardless of the distance and stuff. So just thank you for being part of this. Thank you for sharing your story with our listeners. And I'm sure everybody has questions. And now, you know, they wanted to hear from you. And, you know, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Thank you, Nanette, for sharing your story with us. And thank you all for tuning into Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast or at I am Ceci Diaz to know a little bit more about me and Benevolence. Benevolence Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and the Stitcher app. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like for us to discuss in the future, please do not hesitate to email me at benevolencepodcast at gmail.com with requests, petitions, or comments. I want to hear from you. Stay tuned for our new Benevolent Wednesday feature, where different women share their stories of what God has done in their life. Stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye!